Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today is our esteemed pleasure to have on director, actor, former professional athlete, Robert Gaywood. How are you? Good health to you. How are you doing? I'm doing sure? pretty good, my friend. Pretty good. How are you holding up through all this pandemic stuff? Oh, lockdown. It's given me a, a lot of time to do some projects and get them straightened out. So I'm fortunate enough that I've been writing a story for quite a while. It gives me a chance to review, so... It works out somewhat, but, you know, of course, we all want to get out. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm a people person. I haven't been peopling very much. <laughs> you know, I hear you. But, you know, and, of course, you know, it's, it's making us appreciate things and get a lot of work done. And, of course, you know, have guests on like yourself to for our, our fans to break up the monotony in the day and maybe take, you know, 30 minutes aside and, Find out what's going on in Hollywood from someone like yourself, and you know, and kind of you have so many projects in the works. But but you were a professional athlete before you got into Hollywood. Yeah, I, I did a, that for quite a while. Unfortunately, I ran out of two Achilles tendons, and uh, that was difficult. Quite a setback right there. You can't buy those but, at Walmart, uh, brother. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my plan was to win a Super Bowl, to win a few of them, but. Uh, uh, my agent got me involved in doing some stunt work, some acting work, you know, and uh, that worked out pretty good for a while. So, uh, and then I wound up meeting uh, Akia Leong, who's quite an impressive actor, studied with him for a while, and he started talking me into uh, leaving stunt work behind and getting into the actual field of acting. So that's how I got where I am today. How, how do you uh, rate the difference as being a, a former professional athlete myself, how do you rate the difference in uh, taking bumps on TV and movies to taking bumps in real life? Well, it's great to hear a crowd cheering behind you. You know, that inspires you. That really lifts you up. Yes. You know, you don't get that when you're on a set so much because uh, most of the time it's quiet, you know. So there's a difference. You don't really know what you're doing, you know, until after you see the results on film. Whereas you get the instant reaction when you're in the field. I, I really like that instant reaction. It uh, lifts you up. It makes your adrenaline flow. You know, it makes you feel real good about yourself. But, you know, you shift gears. You change. And you start doing other things. And then uh, you get the results a little bit later. But uh, then you can appreciate the work that you put in. Yeah, father, father, father of time, uh, you know, like like Rocky Balboa said, is undefeated. <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. You know, um, <laughs> or, or some of us would play forever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Looking for another chance every day. Yeah, we just have kind of yeah, that's a, and and the, and the fans are a great drug, and you know, you're one of those people that can that can attest to that that I that you know that I relate with you on that part and. Uh, it is. Was it hard transitioning to the delayed reaction for you as being that instantaneous? You know, if you do good as as an athlete, you know, right now, not now, but right now, as my oldest son says, you know, if you did good with a movie, man, there's so many steps or television role, there's so many steps. Was it easy for you to transfer that? Well, you had to keep it in your head, basically. You know, you had to keep the, the reaction in your mind and uh you know you work toward that and it's a little difficult at first you know because you're looking around at faces and they're giving a reaction to the <laughs> acting that's going on this you know so you don't know you know did i do something wrong did i do it good or what you know especially if they have an expression that is reacting to uh an action part of the film you know so you don't know 
right away, but you got to keep it in your head, keep the, the dream sequence in your mind, and uh, it'll come out well if you can do that. Yeah, and, and for all you athletes that come in that come into the acting world, part of it is they're not they're not smiling and always cheering for you. And now being on you and I both went on other sides of the camera that you know you know that you know you're looking for that instant gratification, and they might be you know checking the, checking the time or looking at the paint drying, or they have those looks on their face. So it's kind of very hard to say, oh man, I did fantastic. Yeah, exactly. I had a chance to work with uh, Tony Scott. On the movie The Last Boy Scout, uh, A.C. Cowling was technical advisor. Love that movie. Me, uh, yeah, I, I ran an 80-yard touchdown in that film. And then uh, Tony Scott had a big grin on his face, and he says, do it again. You know, so <laughs> I ran the next one back. And the next one is about 70 yards before I could run out of bounds. And then I look up, and he's smiling again and goes, do it again. Now, in a game situation, it might be a penalty, and you might have to run it one more time. But a coach knows, you know, not to give you three times in a row, he's going to pull up somebody else because he knows you got no more gas in your tank. Right. So that's the kind of thing. You know, all of a sudden, it's a scary moment when you realize, that, wait a minute, this is stunt work, and you're giving your all, and you're pushing all your adrenaline through, and uh, you just don't know when it's going to stop or when you're going to get the rest. You know, you can be confident in knowing that a coach is going to give you the chance to rest. You know, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's a little bit different than stunt work. <laughs> yeah, your gas station's empty, man. You're looking for the gas mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I understand uh, that. But I mean, you know, but at the same time, that is one of the coolest scenes. A, a very underrated movie, by the way. You know, that, that's one of those movies that you, you only see once in a while. And and uh, it, it's, geez, like every five or ten years you catch it on the tube somewhere. And most times it's halfway in the middle or something. You're like, damn, man, I missed the rest of it, you know, and. And yeah, a lot of people thought that was a, a great football film, and they turned into a cops and robbers thing, you know. So, uh, you know, the intro section was all the football work, but we were excited because we had an opportunity to play football, something we wanted to do every day. But uh, let me tell you, when you start putting in 14-hour days for three months, you realize that I don't want to play football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Too you, consistent. Yeah, really, you know, hey, that, that's the one thing that the directors haven't taken that coach's course, you know. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, Tony Scott, you know, he's uh, he was a master of action films. I think you know that, you know. Absolutely. So when he has going at it, he would get the maximum that he could get out of all his players. It was a good thing. Yeah, I once ran three and a half blocks like five times, and the guy sits there and says to me, hey, man, can you uh, do it one more time? And I looked at him and I said, can we change positions? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, you know, yeah, I feel yeah. you, bro. I feel you. But so, so that's why I was identifying with that part. But so, so, so you get through that part, you know, and you still act, obviously. But now you're on both sides of the camera. How did that transition work? Well, it really got exciting when I had a chance to direct. This is the first year that I've had an opportunity to actually set up the scenes and go through what I was doing. But uh, for this particular film, the story is so intense that I just could not wait to get the visuals on it. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, organizing the actors and setting it up, uh, it felt very refreshing to see, you know, developing what I had in my mindset from all the studying and the research that I did. So, you know, that was really exciting. Right. And, and, I, and I do want to rewind just for one second. I don't mind giving me an up to there, but I want to make sure to point out because I have huge respect because they've, I've played both sides of the fence like yourself is that, Stuntmen are one of the most underappreciated people 
in Hollywood, and, and it's not an easy job. We just we put a little bit of fun to it with running a lot of stuff it is, but one of the most underappreciated uh, men and women in Hollywood, and I, I want to give a huge shout-out to them because, man, they've made all of us, and I've made other people look good, but they've made me look good a lot. Exactly. Exactly. That's what you learn. You learn respect for what they do. And uh, there were a lot of people working behind the scenes on trying to bring out the uh, stunt player awards and, and items like that. It's very important because uh, they give so much of themselves. A lot of times you go home and you can't even put your legs up, you know. But, uh, yes, sir. Yes, it's sir. Nice, nice to get recognition. Yeah, and that, that's why, you know, I mean, you're, you're doing stunt work. And, you know, I mean, I had the pleasure of working with my, my friend, the late, great Burt Reynolds. And you could see the wear on him all those years uh, when he was a stuntman and doing his own stunts. And, you know, and I got it easy compared to what he did in the stunt part of it is. But, you know, I'm just saying is that I want a huge respect out because stunts are not that easy as everybody thinks they are, right? Exactly. It's it's harder than an actual uh, workout for a, a game or something like that. It's a lot harder than that because uh, you're asked to do things and you're asked to put your heart and soul into it, you know. Of course, they ask you to do that in the game as well, but uh, this is quite different because it's take after take after take. Yeah, and you can change it a little bit in the game. Your arm might go up or down in the game, and nobody cares. In the scene, they care if you were looking to the left or the right or up or down or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Repetitive. So, yeah, that that is just, yeah, exactly. It is. But I just wanted to, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you, you have some great stunt people you're going to be dealing with in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting ready for... Uh, the big uh, Battle of Bunker Hill. So see, that's going to be... And, and I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to regress to go back forward on it. So you, you got in the behind-the-scenes part of it is, and and how do you like in this transition? Uh, I'm enjoying it because the results that I'm seeing is uh, refreshing. I like that part of it, you know. As far as the, the acting part myself, um, it, it's been uh, difficult in a lot of other films that I've worked on, but uh, working on this particular film that I'm doing right now, it's been an easy transition because I know where it's going. And so tell us a little bit about this project, my friend. Okay, the project Bucks of America. I uh, got some tips when I was in college from some older guys who were talking to me about uh, some history points. I went to Kent State University. We call ourselves one of the most liberal colleges in the country. I think you know why, because of the uh, Vietnam War and stuff like yes, that. Sir. But, but um, yeah, I got some tips from some older guys who were talking to me about this subject. I carried it around with me all these years, and then here we are in the information age, and someone suggested to me, it was actually Akia Leong, said, why don't you write that? You know, and I said, I can't write, and then I realized, wait a minute, we're in the information age, I can use a computer and connect with all historians everywhere, and I was able to pull out some incredible information information that we don't know from our history books and uh it uh, brings out some personal interest stories on uh, different individuals during that time period and uh the story just goes into a fantastic pace i love that because you know <clears throat> I, mean, I, I make a comment people gonna get hot at me for this you know and i don't do i don't do politics or religion on the show but it's funny i remember standing seven in 1976 standing in valley forge hearing a lot of stories that are from the experts then that aren't really as expert as they were, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah. and, and some things have drastically changed since 1976. I'm old. Um, but, uh, you know, but that's just, so I love the fact that, you know, you dig in, of course, you know, I'm not a fan of 
rechanging history, but at the same time, I, there's some things that are just very blatantly there that you that didn't happen, you know, and exactly. you know, and then all of a sudden you find out whether it's an old relative or you just do some real due diligence like you did, and and mm-hmm. uh, you kind of put the direction on the story, you know, and it might be a nice feel-good story to what you learned in school, but sometimes it isn't, nothing against teachers because they're hard workers, but it isn't exactly, things have changed and more direction has been found out. Yes, exactly. Well, let me tell you uh, how I came about this. What I did in my research, I wanted to uh, make sure that I was covering accurate history. Right. And uh, so I backed up everything with documents. Everything that I've written about is a document in Washington that supports it. So um, I was so meticulous about it that by the time I had come to the end of my research, I realized that my film was 95% accurate. You know, I'm actually sewing a quilt. So I'm putting together a story and there's pieces that are missing that I'm looking for. But uh, you're able to, uh, you know, just uh, Google Google search anything and you can ask about the times and uh, you get information back and then you get all the historians that are giving you feedback. So there was some information that came from eyewitness accounts, especially Bunker Hill and the Boston Massacre. It's all covered in the film. The Boston Massacre is the easiest to cover because there are the minute notes from the court trial. So that's easy to go through the whole part and uh, everything in it is extremely accurate. I wanted to make sure that no one saw this as someone's spin on history. So it's written to the point that you'd be able to go to the movie theater and sit there with your smart device and you could Google or ask any question and you'd get back the facts. And you'd recognize that, wow, this is true. This actually happened. Right. It's funny you said that. It's funny you said sewing the quilt thing. That's actually what we did in Valley Forge. It's actually still hanging. Mm -hmm. It's actually still hanging there today. Um, but it's funny that you, you told me about this the other day on, uh, on, on the phone that, you know, you specifically liked the idea because, you know, we all go to the movies and we all see a story and, ah, it's 30% right. You know, it's 50% right. Right. Maybe 60 or 70, 75, 80. Whoa. Now we're really pushing numbers. Now you got 70, 80%, you know, because of course it's feel good and it's Hollywood and or feel bad or whatever it happens to be or fantastic or whatever. But you sit there and said, man, you know, they, they can sit there, you know, when they come out of the theater and say, oh, man, you know, that cat, pretty good, pretty good chance that that dude really did this. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and, and I like that, you know, but is it a documentary or is it a movie or is it, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's a movie. I, I had a few different directions I could have went in. I could have went around and done lectures at different colleges and universities, and uh, my publicist, they told me that uh, it looked like I had uncovered some history that's absent from all our history books. And uh, so I could have went around the lectures. I could uh, go around and sell books. But in our era today, uh, most people get the facts when they're sitting down looking at a movie. You know, yeah, so true. I thought this would be the fastest format to bring it to the public, you know, because there's history here that they're going to be very interested in and they're going to want to know. There's uh, one particular individual who went from a slave to a hero at Bunker Hill. And that's Peter Salem. It's a spectacular story. You want to talk about somebody living a life, you know, what kind of life could he possibly have lived to end up surviving Bunker Hill in the first place? Right. Which if you look at the uh, famous portrait that John Trumbull painted of Bunker Hill, you will see that he painted it from eyewitness accounts. Now, when you show that to most students 
say most uh, people who study history, they'll turn around and they'll say, oh yeah, that's Bunker Hill, we won that. No, we didn't. It's one of the biggest retreats in history. But the story behind it is so profound because uh, after the battle, the British recognized that that moment will never stop them. You know, because uh, what they accomplished on Bunker Hill was they took on forces that were insurmountable. You think about the British Army trying to take on the British Army. Who's going to do that? You know, and this is what they did. They were outnumbered like you could not believe. They were running out of ammunition. The British made three charges at them. And somehow, not only did they uh, make their point, but they were able, some of them made it through the retreat. And most of them were killed in the retreat, but uh, a lot of them survived that battle. And to be able to run into a story, a personal interest story, on a particular individual who went from being a slave to surviving and becoming a hero at Bunker Hill, that's a spectacular story in itself. So we're covering a lot of personal interest stories about uh, Boston citizens and people around at that time, what was going on to them. For example, we have uh, Rebecca Holden, who's playing a very, very big part, Mercy Otis Wilson is his name, and uh, she was a, a person who inspired a lot of people because she wrote some poems, she wrote some stories, she wrote a lot of things about the times and what we were going through trying to get out from under this British oppression. So very important human interest stories involved in it. The other one uh, many people have heard about is Molly Pitcher. Now we have an actress uh, from Sweden, her name is Michelle Nordlander, she's playing the role of Molly Pitcher. And uh, women actually fought in some of these wars during the Revolutionary War. Right. So she was firing a cannon, firing a cannon at British, actually. So pretty spectacular stories to try to imagine what these people were doing at that time. And it's, it's crazy because of the fact that, I mean, why you would withhold saying that your wife or daughter's out there blowing off a cannon to keep the enemies off is beyond me just by itself. Exactly. You have to imagine that uh, people during that time had to be pretty frustrated with the, the British oppression. And uh, the occupation was heavy because there was about uh, 9,000 total population in Boston at that time. And of that 9,000, there were 3,000 British soldiers in the occupation. That's one in every third person is a red coat. That's a heavy occupation. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of those odds, brother. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also the Quartering Act which means they had to house some of the soldiers during a time, and then all the taxation that they put on the people. So it was uh, very difficult times. A lot of people frustrated, a lot of people angry and upset about uh, things that were transpiring at the time. You know, it, it's, it's funny, you know, we don't see a lot of these type of movies often. You know, it, it's, it's hard enough, and it is hard to identify. You know, I grew up as a kid with cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians, and all that right. good stuff, you know, it is. But it's very hard to make a good Western today. I think it's going to be, I think, to see your creativity to make something that is the colonial side of things to the battle of that and all that stuff, that's very interesting, intrigues the hell out of me. So, I mean, yeah. your, your, your foresight on that is really, uh, really, uh, really awesome to watch some of this bit and you know, some of the things we've spoken about. But and some of your talents you have in this, Rebecca Holden, I mean, Christopher Miller, uh, Isaac Singleton Jr., T.J. Myers. I got some friends in this. Uh, Michael O'Hearn. I mean, John Blythe Barrymore. Love John. John's a super talented actor. Yeah. I mean. There's some actors involved here. I mean, you know, and, and of course, you know, uh, and, and Shevin Roberts is in it. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not skipping over people, but. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, you have, uh, Isabella and, and Ron, uh, and it, I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, amazing that the people that you're, you're putting together and, and, you know, it's funny. I looked at your list. I was like, man, I got a lot of friends in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I'm fortunate enough to have people that recognize the importance of this film. You know, when they recognize that and each one has gone out and done their own research on the, their particular character and they're bringing that to the film as well. And everything that we're doing is going to be so authentic. We're going to actually take you to Boston in 1770 and you should be able to get the feel of what times were like there leading up to the major events of uh, the Boston Massacre, the Battle of Lexington Concord, and then also uh, the climax, which is the Battle of Bunker Hill. So they're all bringing, you know, their efforts to this film, and it's going to be a very good thing because, uh, you know, Rebecca, for example, she came to me and told me, Robert, you know, I recognize the importance of this film, and I'm willing to do whatever role you're willing to offer me. And that was just a beautiful thing to hear that because, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, knowing that their heart is into it. Ron Whitaker is such a great guy. You know Ron. Yes, and, Ron, uh, Ron's a great friend of mine, great friend. Him and Isabella wonderful friends of mine and that's when they made the introduction i was like and ron spoke up for you he said look man this guy's got a one and, and, and I, I said it the other day and i'm jari you know he's got a wonderful vision and you really got to talk to this guy and and and, <laughs> and it was we're yeah. off to the races you know and uh and i and, you know and, and i'm not mocking him i do impressions all day long on my friends so <laughs> your impressions are very good too but he, he is such a wonderful person he and rhoda Isabella, they're both great people they work towards humanitarian efforts all the time their heart and soul is in everything that they work absolutely toward. and yeah, and they take the, the same recognition that, wow, this story needs to be told. And so they jump on board knowing that what they're involved in has the ability to change hearts and minds, you know, and gather people together. And that's a really good thing. We have a very diverse cast. Yeah, we I'm, have, I'm uh, looking at the people that, that, that are coming on board. And um, and, yeah, and then you have on board here and, and a lot of people that just uh, bring a lot to the table. I mean, you, you have one of the very best martial artist anywhere you know and you weren't chin you know i mean and and it just he's a wonderful person and and uh has done i mean gosh he's been he's been with everybody and and most major art most major most major martial arts movies get that out quick uh <laughs> yeah he and i hosted the uh san diego international kids film festival together which is a fun thing to do and uh, the kids enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, he's a great person. Matter of fact, he just reached out to me yesterday. But uh, the same thing, he's doing all the research on his character in that time period, checking on the authenticity of the wardrobe and everything else that's going on in the film. And, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. I love him a lot. Now, now yeah, oh, yeah, yeah sweetheart. Um, I mean, so when you got started getting everybody on board, this really had to give you a really big high that you know people are believing in what you're what you're doing which in turn brings me to the next part of of this is with the envision of this is and and, and you have people want for financing of this and you know because you're really you you were looking at originally making this a different budgeted movie right oh i was going to do it any way that i could do it because the, the story is so profound it needs to be told you know and i was ready to do it in any format that i could but uh when the interest started coming in and I found out that it was a growing project like this, if I had a shot at making an epic picture, of course I'm going for that, you know, because it has to be an epic history lesson. 
It's just uh, there's something that everyone wants to know. There's a hunger for the knowledge. Right. You know, and here it is. I mean, uh, if you Google or you search who were the Bucks of America, you find very little information on it. Now, after I did all the research I did, and this is a very special moment. It was about 4 a.m. on June 17th in uh, 2016 that I finished writing it. And this was at the climax of Bunker Hill. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm looking at the calendar and going, wait a minute, what time is it? What date is it? And I look at the date, and we're actually 240 years after the Battle of Bunker Hill to the day. That's crazy. It is crazy. I could not believe it. I was just in shock. I, I was paying no attention to the date and time as I was writing through this. And then when I finally came to the finish, that was the date that I landed on. So we would love to have an opening that would be in the month of June on the 17th, the anniversary of the Battle of Bunker Hill. No better. That that is amazing. Now, now, obviously, I mean, I know that you have some, uh, you know, you have some budget for this movie, but are you still taking uh, backers on this? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, there's a lot of sponsors out there today that are reaching out for a project like this. We would love to have Band Aid connected with us because they just started making multicolored Band Aids for skin tones, and we thought of them as one of the majors that we'd like to use to represent us because uh, the Battle of Bunker Hill is sponsored by Band Aid. You know, you do know better than that. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we've been looking at uh, quite a few sponsors that are trying to find a film like this that they can get involved in, and we're inviting all. We're inviting everyone to come on. We're doing a lot of special effects. So, of course, Apple Computer, and I'm a multimedia design artist. Uh, my son's an animator. So we, uh, we've got a lot of uh, different directions to try to pull in sponsors that want to be mentioned with this film. And being history, it's going to be something that should be very long-lasting and enduring. Now, as far as the idea of bringing it out there, that this is such a multi-culture film, one project, the way you're developing it, but in real life, it was such a multi-culture uh, time in our, our in our past. Um, how are you transcending that onto the screen, and what's, what's your idea for people to see out of that, uh, especially with things being all rumbled today and stuff. What What is the idea you want to get out of it for people to see well, in your transition? It's a, situation, it's a situation where everyone was being oppressed. Didn't matter you know, who you were. Right. Everyone was with these taxes. It was a hardship, extreme hardship on all the Boston citizens. So our film is starting with the Boston citizens. You know, you get to see how they're interacting with the soldiers and how they're dealing with the times and paying their taxes and struggling for supplies and struggling for all the things that they need. And you'll be able to see how they came together, bonded together to get through this. And basically, they called on all of their resources to try to get the British out. You know, it was a problem to them. So uh, it was an extreme hardship. So as you're looking at this now, of course, the Bucks soldiers are the featured part of the film. Right. Because... No one knows who they were through history. I've been able to identify a few of them and came up with some information because of all the historians that were pushing information at me as I was researching and looking online. But, um, you know, they're the featured part of it, but uh, it's uh, the whole citizens of Boston who gathered together and said, we need to get them out of here. we got a problem. And so it's very uh, decent to see uh, humanity join together to, for the common good. You know, to get relief. 
you know, I love that, you know, and, and, and I and I love the way the ideas, you know what, there's a, there a comment, you know, as, as you and I talked about on the phone right before all this COVID got really hard, you know, and everything shut down. March the 3rd, Nashville took it is, and I'm right outside of Nashville right now. It, Nashville took a really hard shot because we had a huge tornado that hit yeah. here. And, you know, that two weeks after that, the entire city came together. There wasn't one looting. There was one looting thing out of it, and it was one person. The whole city came together as everything it was to help everybody. Didn't make a difference what you did, who you did, or what you looked like. And and people made a Nashville strong thing of that being out, out of it is. And I think that's kind of almost like what you're doing with this movie is that, you know, you're sitting there showing that everybody had to work together in that part of it, and you get the best results. Right. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling among all people when they can come together to overcome something, especially overcoming enormous odds, as it was, you know. Yeah, they were, they were under firepower, people, manpower. I mean, everything. They were just at money, food, clothing, shelter. They were under, under uh, you know, they were just un- overwhelmed huge. Exactly. Undermanned. And the British were thinking of themselves as being so superior to Americans at the time. So, uh, you know, coming together is a great feeling for all the people to know that they overcame something and now they can start out. And so that's the important. I, I love that, man. That's that's a great, just along with, obviously, with everything else, that's a great thing to to, to uh, put an explanation point on it. And, and you know, and, and everything is not, you know, I mean, you buttoned up as peachy and keen with every answer or everything else is, but at the same time, you know, you're also educating uh, people. And, and, and by the way, you know, the, the traveling and the uh, speeches could come later, you know, buddy. You know, <laughs> after the yeah. movie's done, you know, you could do a book tour or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's part of the plan. Part of the plan is to, uh, well, my publicist, that's what they stated. They, they wanted, actually, my publicist is in, in uh, Great Britain. And what they said to me was they would like for me to include... Uh, this manuscript in the British bibliography oh, and all man. the major from Edinburgh, Dublin, Oxford, Cambridge, they wanted it included in all the universities so that everyone would get this portion of history that has been overlooked and they're just missing it, you know. Let me ask you a question, Robert. Did, that now, when you started digging rocks and, you know, rolling things over, I know that sometimes, you know, people step on your hands on those rocks as you're rolling them over. Mm-hmm. Did you have much adversity to rolling over these rocks and digging through the libraries and stuff to find it? Or was it untouched or unknowledged or what? Well, you know, history, historians are very anxious to give you the information that they have. So that makes it easy. Right. They're willing and offering it to you right off the bat. They're, they're proud of their own research, proud of what they found. And they're willing to offer you that right off the bat. Um, John Trumbull, you know, and also... Um, Paul Revere, he made those plates for the Boston Massacre that became the major newspaper uh, picture in all the newspapers about the Boston Massacre, which inspired all the people and got them together and made them say, this is an outrage. But, um, you know, guys who started doing things like that, and John Trumbull, who painted the portrait of the Battle of Bunker Hill from eyewitness accounts, he's asking everyone what happened up there, and he's getting it all together. You know, that's uh, information that... uh, people are anxious to pass on to others, you know, and the historians who had their bits and pieces were offering it to me easily. 
And uh, then I took a, a certain route on my own of trying to discover some things. And uh, I ended up opening some doors and had a whole bunch of information that tumbled out at me. And, and I didn't even know that I may be the only one who knows the story of Bucks of America until I'd actually finished it three years ago and started to shop it around. Then I realized, you mean to tell me I'm the only one who knows the whole story of these guys, <laughs> where they came from, what happened to them, and you know, and everything, and, and the story's so spectacular. Now, there's a film that just came out, 1917. Uh, great, great movie, great movie. Yeah, they claim to be one of the greatest war movies ever made because of the content and I guess the guy that wrote it wrote it from his grandfather's experience in World War One. Right. So this this story here is just crazy. You know, I, I there's no other way to explain it, just to try to imagine what some of these guys went through in their lifetime is just amazing. And uh, the saddest part is you have a guy who went from like I told you, from being a slave to actually a hero at Bunker Hill and he actually died in the poorhouse. He died. His family was broken and struggling. He talked about war veterans who, who need help. Now, Ron Whitaker, he brings this up all the time because they have so many humanitarian efforts going on. They're working with homeless war veterans. Yes. And he tells me, for whatever reason, person down on their luck, things happen to them, and they end up in the street, you know, struggling to get by and depressed and stuff. And my father's a war veteran from two wars. He was a sergeant in the Second World War and a lieutenant in the Korean War. And he used to take us shopping down in the city in Cleveland and his seven kids were all running around trying to pick out what we want. And uh, of course there would be people in the street that were begging for money and stuff and asking for things. And my father would see beyond them, he would see the guy who's sitting over in the corner, covered in filth, not asking for a dime, just sitting there looking at people. My father would recognize that person and pick him up and say, come on, come with me. He'd bring him out to our farm country house way away from the city. And he'd get them back on their feet. Of course, my mother was upset with him bringing these strangers in. <laughs> but my, my dad recognized them as being a guy that was a war vet that went through some very hard times and, and could not pick himself up, you know, from that. And, and my dad was very good at that. He taught me lessons in that. And that's what I see from Ron Whitaker. He does the same thing. He and Rodica, his fiance, they both work very diligently on trying to help people who need help. And they have the, the right kind of insight. They see those type of people, you know, whereas some of us, we overlook them without taking uh, them uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and everybody is, you know, there's an old joke in sports. I know you know this. You know, you know you're only a divorce or, a, or some type of tragedy or injury away from starting all over again. And, uh -huh. and you know, opening, you know, or being, you know, and, and that's the thing. And, and veterans, you know, God, I mean, you know, they're, they're honest to God, legitimate heroes you know i mean uh, we, mm -hmm. we we play we, you know we you and i played heroes you know yeah. we, we we were athletes and blessed to what we did and actors and all the rest of the stuff that we do and but they're the legitimate heroes in my book and because they allow us to do what we can do and exactly. you know and so it, it really is disheartening to see all the veterans and yes ron and isbella that they, they they work really hard at trying to you know help people out and Everything else, and huge props to your to your pops, by the way, as, as a veteran and everything else. Thank you, sir. And, and uh, but it, it, it's one of these things that I sit there and I see, and it, it it's a shame. To, and I'm glad you brought that up, you know. And, and I'm never I never tired of I'm not I'm not beating a dead horse. As far as I'm concerned, that horse has still got life in it. And it might, right now, it might look look like a three stooges swayback horse, but it's still got life in it. You know, I mean, 
And, yeah. uh, but you know, look on up three Stooges kids. If you don't know what it is, <laughs> Whoever they are, but I mean, uh, greatest comedies ever. But anyway, so that's the thing. I love the fact that, you know, you're kind of bringing some of that to heart and realizing that, you know, he didn't have the fame, the money and the glory and, and the girls and the whole deal that, everybody looks at today as you see on television or whatever else it is. He did it because he was a man with a heart and a soul and, and, and fighting for life and liberty and all those legit real things that, that they were fighting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, uh, the efforts that Ron puts in, he recognized this film as a story that needs to be told and it can be uplifting to a lot of people. It can bring people together. There's a lot of things that can happen. And just knowing this piece of history, you know, and that I'm was just, important. Yeah, I just think you, you point out, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm just, you point out a guy in history that, 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 that comes out, and, you know, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, uh, what was his payday? You know, his payday was his respect that you and I are talking about hundreds of years later. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of one. There was a gentleman who was interviewed in the New Jersey Gazette in eighteen uh, six eighteen thirty eight, sometime like that. He was a hundred years old, and he sat on a stoop and tipped his hat to everybody who walked by. Black gentleman, and uh, suddenly they realized that he was a war veteran from the Revolutionary War, yeah. and he was a hundred years old when they interviewed him. And he reached in his vest pocket, he pulled out a letter. From George Washington. Jeez. And and the reporters were just blown away. This is in 1838, sometime like this. And the reporters were just blown away. They said, this is a letter from George Washington. You must be very proud. And they asked him about the battles that he was involved in. He saw he said he saw his last man die in Brandywine, Trenton, you know, in some of these battles, some of these incredible battles. And here he is, 100 years old, and just sitting on a stoop, tipping his hat to everyone. That that's and I was going to ask you. That. I'm glad that was a great segue. You know, Robert. Let me ask you that. In, in the people you're talking to, because because that just gives me chills, man. That just gives me chills. Do you come club. across from an old cat? I'm sorry. This is join the club. It gave me chills when I ran into it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm getting it. I'm getting it fifth hand. You got it. You know, fourth hand type deal. And you and I get chills off it talking about it. You know. But did you talk to some you know old cats that? Gave you some stories in your research and stuff, or did you talk to any family members or any, you know, friends of friends of family of cousins of aunts of uncles of three times removed or anything, you know, that in building a story? That that's a very hard part. It's hard to run down all the uh, ancestry, you know, of some of these people because of the way the history is written. You know, it just escapes us, right. you know, at time to time. But. Um, I was able to pull out a lot of very important letters. Uh, we know John Adams. He de- defended the British soldiers and later on became, uh, he defended the British soldiers in court as an attorney and later on became president of the United States. But uh, I have some letters from his diary. These are all accessible. They're in Washington. But uh, some letters from his diary, some personal letters that people wrote at the time. And, uh, of course, uh, the role that Rebecca Holden is playing is a lot of written uh, documents, a lot of written poetry, a lot of written stories about the time period. And then there is a very important woman, uh, Phyllis Wheatley. Now, it's easy to Google her name, and you'll find all of her writings. Young slave girl, died at about 27 years of age. 
but she was giving an education when she was young. She was granted an education from her masters and people who had her, and they gave her uh, all the information that she needed to become a very good writer. And she has some intense writings about uh, her lifestyle conditions and things that were going on at that time. So I was able to reach into those type of letters and materials and gather up, you know, some feelings and some ideas and what was going on at the time. So when you, you come to see this movie, we're going to take you to Boston, 1770, all the way to 1775. And hopefully you will be able to get the whole feel from the visuals and everything you're seeing and watching. I see that again, man. I got hair standing up on my arms here, you know. Um, you know, I got my dog Benji laying at my feet, you know, and that's the only thing, only thing that's keeping me warm right now is it is the chills on me. See, how was it registering to you as an actor, as a director, as the guy who's writing this, looking at this, going, man, as you're learning this stuff, what was the feeling you got? Oh, um, actually, I was so deeply involved in what I was uncovering and in my research, I was so deeply involved in that I was actually in that time period. And actually, you know, I went into a quiet place for like six months and didn't come out of it. And it, it was a dark place, believe me, because there's some very hard things to study in there, especially the battles. And Bunker Hill was very, very hard to get through. But I was so deeply ingrained in my research and what I was studying that um, I was in that time period and then I finally woke up when I, I came through all of the writing and then I was excited, but I was depressed at the end of it because it was so hard, you know, such a hard time for people. And, uh, right. and, and now, but it, let me ask you a question that my friend, how, how was it that, um, I mean, looking at all the, you know, you, you brought up 1917. It's funny because I was actually going to ask, ask the comparison. Have you seen the movie? Uh, which one? 1917? Yes, or, sir. Which one? Oh, how do I see this film? Bucks of America? No, no. Have, have, you, have you seen 1917? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Now, so to I me... Would... To me, in, in 1917, I mean, I got tired. I felt like I was running beside the guy. I'm not going to give any spoilers, yeah. but if you haven't seen it, you exactly. need to see it. Some people say they said they hated it or they loved it. I say strongly disliked, but I, I, I'll tell you, if you really watch it, it was one of the most dynamically filmed movies there was. When you and I first met and we were talking on the phone, that's the feeling I got. You were taking me along just as we were talking about the movie. Right. So, so How did you feel when you saw the visuals in 1917 when you actually saw those trenches? You know, you were there, right? I it, it felt like I was I, I was tired, man. I was I, I felt like I ran that eighty yard touchdown. I was blowed up. I needed the gas station. I was nervous. I was rattled. I was exhausted. And I said that was one hell of a movie. Eighty yards under machine gun fire. Oh my well, gosh, man, brother! Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I was get off my. I'm carrying you. I can't. And then dude's legitimately carrying guy. So, you know, yeah, and that's what you made me kind of, as you know, I was sitting there and you and I were talking the other day and, and it kind of felt like, you know, that's what it felt like. And, and I wondered if that's kind of the idea, you're not obviously not copying the movie, but is that that's the idea is you want people to feel like they're involved right in the movie. And then you just said that you kind of, you know, you were right there. That's beautiful. That's beautiful the way you put that because uh, they marched up the Bunker Hill overnight. You know, they were actually at Breeds Hill, but they marched up overnight 
over there. It kind of sneaks up with, with soft shoes and dragging artillery up there to that hill with them. And then they dug these readouts up there, you know, uh, you know, basically trenches of some sort, you yeah. know, on the hill. Yeah. And that's what we're going to present in the film. By the time you get there, you will feel like you are actually digging these readouts out <laughs> and getting set and getting prepared for this all on onslaught from the British army who was sending uh, thousands and thousands of British forces up there at you, 400 abreast, four rows deep coming at you. You know, that's and that's the way they fought. Yeah, they, they fought like a mowing machine. Nothing's going to stop them. Here they come. And the, the most amazing thing is you have a character like John Picaren. General John Picaren is one of the British Marines, and he had 300 soldiers with him. And by the time they got there, what's the problem? How come you guys aren't taking care of this? Let's go up there and take care of this. And they came up there after these rebels, and John McCarran was 54 years old. If you can imagine a 54-year-old man charging up a hill at people, this is just crazy. You know, some things in here that are just too spectacular to even try to digest that it actually happened this way. I'm going to be 56 next week, and I'm already tired. You know, I'm already <laughs> blown up, man. I'm ar- I'm already out. You know, can, 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 where's where, where's my stunt, man? <laughs> we can relate. That's really cool that we can re- relate in that regard. I used to do a lot of kick and punt returns, and you know, I'm on the sideline trying to get oxygen after I'm reading all this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's well because it's a, it's a. You know, the thing of it is, is it, it's it's you, you know, my mom says you do what you have to do. And that's exactly what they, they did, what they had to do. And so the idea that you're bringing a story forefront, and I don't remember, you know, there's not too many of these stories out there anyway. I don't, I, I guess because the ones are expensive, especially today. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, and I guess people's vision and whatever, maybe they just don't, I, I, I don't remember anybody being so specific towards a lot of these battles, you know, maybe as a kid, there's some movies I watched as a kid, but it's been a long time in between each one of them, you know, you always got more of the World War Twos. sometimes you got the Korea, sometimes you got a lot of Vietnams, you know, but when it comes to certain things, you, a cavalry movie sometimes or whatever, but it really is, there's I can't think of too many movies. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head for Bunker Hill right now. So, you know, yeah, they stay, they stay away from it because of the budget involved in it. You know, it's you know as soon as they recognize that hey, this is going to be a big budget, trying to put on Bunker Hill is is something else. You can't come close to it. But by today's standards, we have the ability to use CGI. Right. We have the ability to use. 3D animated soldiers so that we can give you the numbers that you would like to recognize as being, you know, the truth of it, because it's hard to even imagine, you know, the type of forces that they're throwing at them and more landing in uh, Charleston Bay over there, more landing in ships and coming up there. But it's hard to even imagine. You hear the numbers, you read the numbers, but you can't see it. You know, but uh, when you have uh, the special effects that we're able to add to the film, you're going to be able to see the numbers. And the numbers will surprise you. And you'll wonder, you know, who went and took these guys out? Who are these people that are trying to take on the British Army? You know? So yeah. it'll give you a better viewpoint of what happened in history here, you know, than just skimming over it in the history books and just touching on the numbers and not really feeling them. 
Right. And I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, the, the, uh, like I said, some of the cast that's on board of this movie. And I remember Rebecca from Knight Rider and, and stuff like that was back in the day. I remember crossing paths with her a couple of times. Talented, super talented actress. And, and, uh, and you got some cool. She's my hero. Pardon She's me? my hero. She's my hero. Oh my gosh. She's awesome. I drove a Knight Rider. I had a Trans Am, the same model as a Knight Rider. <laughs> I, I used to pretend that I was talking to Rebecca. She's my partner. She's my hero. So <laughs> meeting her was a very spectacular moment to me. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I met Rebecca Spurble, uh, Our other producer, executive producer, is uh, Muni Iron, Dame Muni Iron. She's the founder of the Arts for Peace Awards. Yes, yes, yes. I was, I was to the very first one. Yeah, she gave me an award for best historical film scriptwriter of 2019, and uh, yeah, she's been very diligent working on this project with us. She's been uh, putting this information around and helping promote the film. But it, it's the type of thing that everyone wants to know. Everyone needs to gather in all of this history, you know, and, and feel it, you know, for the time's sake. So it's very important that it gets out. And she recognizes that, too. Ron recognizes that, you know. And uh, they're always involved in things that they know will make a difference. Right. And, and you have, uh, and you also have um, uh, the, the director, um I'm drawing a uh, blank. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm forgiving you. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I just drew a blank yeah. for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give love, man. I don't want to leave anybody out, you know. <laughs> I'm going to. I know that. But, you know, I try to give it. But, but see, here's the thing. So so when are you looking at um, really digging into this and having this? Well, when you like to have, obviously, you know, the pandemic puts a dent in some of this uh, to filming and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, we did shoot a bit of the trailer for the Boston Massacre, and we have uh, worked on uh, some other portions of the film, some of the smaller intimate scenes. We are doing a music video, which is uh, going to be a precursor to the film. Ron's been helping us out with that. Ron's done some incredible work with this music video, and basically what it is is a dream sequence, so it, it measures modern day, and then there's a fade back to 1770, you know, and... Uh, it goes on with that, with a, a song in the mood over top of it, a soundtrack that uh, presents itself as uh, a history, you know, and a history recurring, reoccurring over and over again, you know. So it's like that. And it's really interesting because it's going to give you some insight with some of the clips that we've already shot for the Boston Massacre all put together. So it should be pretty exciting. It should be pretty interesting to see. Wow, you got Mark Seaver on camera. Wow, that's great. I love him. And Mark is also playing one of the Bucks soldiers in here. So ah, great guy, really- great cat too, great friend. Um, you know, that, so so as far as budget wise, man, um, people want to come in on board and, and jump onto it. Uh, where where can they reach out and, and, and talk to you at? Well, they can reach out to uh, Muni Iron, Dame Muni Iron. She's the founder of the Arts for Peace Awards. She's easy enough to Google and find. Or Ron Whitaker, Ron or Rhoda Isabella Sheldon, Ron's fiance. You know, either one of those two or myself. They can reach out to us and they can find us on IMDb and they can locate some of our contact information there. But it's easy enough to Google anything about Bucks of America and you'll automatically connect with us. You know, so. Now, oh yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if, if I didn't give a shout out to Rod, Rodney Allen Rippy, also Toronto's gosh, I mean, all these friends. Oh, yeah. Yes, don't let us forget Rodney because Rodney is so endearing to everyone. Everybody loves Rodney. Rodney is also playing one of the Buck soldiers in here. Yeah, it's so fitting, so fitting for him for you know his hey, life. One of the sweetest guys in Hollywood. Um, oh, 
yes. and, and talented too. But um, let me ask you a question. So when when would you like this to be off the ground and in the theaters? I would like it to be in theaters by June 17th of 2021. That's Ooh. what I would like. Of course, we don't know what's happening, you know, until the pandemic lifts some weather, we get uh, able to work through that, you know. But uh, that would be the, the perfect date for us to come out with this. And, and we have a location in mind where we would be able to get through the whole shoot in probably about uh, four months uh, with everything being shot on the same location. Wow. That would be good. We have an old town location that looks like Boston 1770, and that's what we're going for. So actually, we need about three uh, different locations, which would be Boston, and then we'd have the Battle of Lexington Concord, and then the Boston, that, I mean, the uh, Battle of Bunker Hill. So we'd need locations for all three of those type of scenes, and uh, we think we can get them all at one location, then we'd be able to work through it. The major scenes are the Battle of Bunker Hill. That's the major scene that uh, we plan on spending a couple months working on that alone. And not, not giving it away, but that's in that, uh, that's uh, in that, in that area that you and I talked about the other day, right? Um, there is an area that yes. has a location. Yeah, that'd be great, man. That'd be, that, that, that sounds awesome. Uh, that's, that's yeah. not too, too far from me. I play a really good big pirate. <laughs> I, got, I got a role for you, Char. I have a, definitely have a role for you. You can definitely be on board anytime you're ready. Let me know. I, I have characters in mind for a lot of people and you as well. Love I appreciate that, my friend. I appreciate that. We'll talk about that. Cause I definitely would want to show up and get some of the behind the scenes filming. Cause I would love to do some of that uh, on this project because that'd be great to film some of the, because I think the classic with that, with the picture that you have uh, to do behind the scenes stuff is just a, I think it would be a story by itself um, yeah, yeah. because the, you, you're so technical with everything, you know, that you're doing and, and, and precise and being a bit of a perfectionist, which is great in the idea that making it, as accurate as possible, like we said, without it being a documentary, is, is right. uh, you know, you know, obviously, you know, you, you can have some liberties because it's Hollywood. But I mean, yeah, it's to, not easy to do. It's not easy to do because uh, a lot of times you see a lot of Hollywood films, and I've had people even come to me and, and tell me that, well, you know, it's always indulged a little bit. I've heard people say that to me, and I said, well, not on this one. This one, we're going by all the documents that we have. We're making sure that we match up and we align with everything. But once I had the whole story put together, it is a great film. It's a great movie. It's a great personal interest story to kick back and watch these individuals, you know, the side you've never heard before. You know, so that, that's that's really awesome, and, 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 I, and I love it. And where can everybody find you on social media, buddy? Uh, social media, we're on uh, Facebook. There is a page. Uh, there's actually two of them. You want to make sure you get to the right one. But there is a page called Bucks of America. And uh, when you get to that one, you'll see the portrait that John Trumbull did, that Battle of Bunker Hill. And inside of that page, you can run down through all the documents. If you're trying to find the starting point, the starting point would be when uh, Winthrop, the uh, founder of Boston, Massachusetts colony, that would be the starting page when he first found Boston and uh, they set up their colony there. And then it goes on all the way through the Boston Massacre to the Battle of Bunker Hill. And it's all documented. Everything in there is uh, all information that you can see covered in Washington, covered in documents and, and uh, you'll see that it's all very accurate. 
it's funny you're going to mention that and the name you just mentioned by marriage uh, on my uh, grandfather's side by marriage uh, the Winthrop's the, 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 that family goes all the way back in them that they're uh, that I'm related by marriage to them. Oh, is that right? Yeah, my wow. my, my my great uncle by uh, by uh, marriage was uh, you know because that family is still very proficient today, and mm-hmm. uh, and he was a classic pianist, and mm-hmm. uh, and he was blind, and but you know that that's it goes all the way up to that family and the whole deal. So yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I oh. when I get off the phone, I'm gonna tell my mom about this one. <laughs> but shining city on a hill. Yeah, yeah, that was, that, it's just kind of kind of funny, you know. He's been gone since the early seventies, but you know, it's just kind of oh. funny that you just said that, and it's like I remember hearing the old stories again. You hear these old stories because he was like 80, 70, late seventies, early eighties then. So you figure in nineteen seventy two or three, he's telling you these old stories that are going back from the stories that he got. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, wow. you know, and and the Withrum family is still a very prominent family today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, have so, contact with them or anything else anymore, but you know what I'm saying, you know. But that's just amazing yeah. that that just it shows shows the dimension of things and the reach of things today. But so with mm-hmm. with the idea of you building this up as we're wrapping this up here, and I appreciate you because we went over time a little bit here, but you know, you, I want you to get, I want everybody to get out and understand the idea of this project. That and and you just did film the music video. Is that completed? Well, we're doing the editing. It's in the editing right now, and then we're going to hit the studio and do a little more of the soundtrack with Ron. You know, Ron's a fantastic drummer. Absolutely, that's for, that's for sure. He's played drums for everybody. Um, yeah, we uh, we produced we're, a record together, so yeah, he's he's great in the studio. So, oof, man, you he'll 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 take really good care in the studio. He's good at that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, we're excited about that. But, but uh, a little bit of the soundtrack, and then we're going to be set to go on that to to put that one out. When are we looking at that happening, man? Uh, well, we have the uh, Fame Awards coming up here in uh, Vegas. Where it, it Vince was postponed yes. because of the pandemic. But uh, that is moving into November. So hopefully we'll have it ready by November, and we'll start to put that out at that time. Maybe sooner than that, there might be, able to be some things on YouTube. You might be able to catch it. Well, but, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to bring us on. Pardon, pardon me? Yeah, to bring, I really appreciate you taking the time to bring us on for this story. I want to tell you that it's just uh, a beautiful thing that we have this opportunity to uh, tell everyone about what this film's about here. Oh, man, I mean, it, 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 I appreciate format. you coming on, and, and uh, maybe you come back on when you got the when you, when you you have the uh, video in the can, and it's, and it, it's really, you know, right before it's released, and we'll talk about it being released. I'd love to, love to, and love to get you down on the set so you can work with us. That would be great, <laughs> my friend. We might just, we might just get together and do that. You know, I ain't running no damn eighty <laughs> yards, though, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Bring your shoes, bring your cleats, man. I'm gonna ask. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. no, uh, no, no. I don't want my Achilles standing beside yours, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see, see what you got on your forty time. So no, bring your cleats, you, know, you got, you, you have a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah, exactly right. But no, man, I, I it's been a, such a pleasure. Um, you know, this is such a great project I'm looking at here, and and I'm so excited. And like I said, thank Ron you, and Isabella spoke so highly of you, and you have so many oh, people I, I know and respect on this project. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. And and like I said, you had me right inside, walking through it with you when we were sitting on the phone the other day, and that's why I was so excited to have you on. So people look up Bucks of America. I want you guys to go check it all out. If you're a film investor or whatever else, give them a jingle. Go check them out. Robert Gatewood. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward. I can't wait for this to hit the screen, man. You know, I'm really excited. You got me pumped up. Yeah. I'm still going to wait at least a year. <laughs> uh, I, pre- I appreciate you, Char. I really do, man. You know, it's really nice to be able to use this format to uh, tell a little bit of the story. This is great. I, I think I think, I think, think it's something, you know, I think more things like this should be brought out there, man. You know, I, I, I haven't thought about Bunker Hill since third grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get those little bits, and that's all we hold on to. And like I said re-examine that uh, portrait of the Battle of Bunker Hill. Everyone should be looking at that portrait. It's easy enough to pull it up online and examine the portrait and take a look and, and you'll get a, a second idea about what's going on here because um, we really don't ask that question. That's really strange. I was the type of kid that always say, you know, what's happening here? Yeah, it got me in a lot of trouble to ask all those questions. <laughs> and I didn't mind at all. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Robert Gatewood, Go check out this movie when it comes out. Go check out it before it comes out. Bucks of America. Robert, thank you so much, buddy. Please come back on, my friend, when we uh, we get more to know, okay? Thank you so much, Charles. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you, man. You have a great day. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.